So we are starting our new series called First Things First, and it's probably the most appropriate time to start it is at the beginning of the year. Um, it is our first service for the year. Come on, can we hear it? Let's, I believe what we celebrate in the beginning will be celebrated throughout the year. So we are very pumped and excited. It's been a great time of rest, even for our team, and, but we are back in the house, ready for action, ready to see, excited for what God wants to do this year. For all of our people that are online, welcome. Can we just welcome them? Come on, welcome. If you are with us online, uh, we wanna welcome you to our service. So first things first is our three-week series we're starting. And so today, the title of the message is to put Jesus at the center. To put Jesus at the center of your life, to put Jesus at the center of your family, the center of your community, the center of your workplace, the center of your year, and possibly the center of your future. And so I, I just want to encourage you guys to stick it out. It's going to be an amazing series. Um, the more anointed one, Andre, will be back <laughs> next week. And so you guys will bear with me today. Uh, but I trust that the Holy Spirit will share this message in a way that is powerful. Quick few things that are up and coming, uh, just to let you guys know that we have a fast starting tomorrow. Uh, we start our year, if this is your first time with us, we start our year with a 21-day fast. Uh, we believe that whatever we put God first in, He blesses the rest. And so we believe that a blessed 23 starts with us uh, getting into God's presence. And so we start our fast uh, 21 days tomorrow. I'm gonna be starting with the Daniel fast, my wife, myself, if any of you know what that is. It's fruit, veg, nuts, and you know that the beans, there's a favorite one. They're really good for you. They're full of protein, but those will give you a couple of tunes as well. Huh? So they are known as the musical fruit, uh, but it is really cool. So if you want to join us, join us on the fast. Uh, if you want to know more about the fast and how to fast, they are at our next steps area just outside where the view group banner is. We've got a flyer that'll give you more information on different fasts that you could be doing in this time. And then on the 23rd of January, we have our five by five worship evenings where we come to church every evening at seven o'clock and we worship God every single evening. It's an amazing anointed moment. That week, I'm gonna be going into full fast, which is liquids, trusting God for everything that he has in store for our church and everything that he has in store for our future and for 2023. So if you haven't known about it, you now know about it, it'd be really cool for you to join us. You'd probably agree with me that we're all different, right? No? You're exactly the same as the person sitting next to you. Huh? I think that there are different people sitting here today that all of us would agree that there is differences. We all have different twerks and quirks and uh, we do things differently. Some of you are analytical, some of you are just like me, a lot of talking and visionary. Um, and then you get the people that go, when are we gonna do the practical stuff? And so we're all different. And so um, I wanna ask you a question here this morning. How many of you, show of hands, how many of you ended 2022 saying, I can't, I'm so glad that 22 is done. I'm so glad to see the back end of 2022. I don't wanna go back to 2022. I'm ready for a new year. How many, a show of hands, how many ended the year like that? And um, how many of you ended the year in this way that actually said, you know, 2022 was the best year I could have ever experienced. I really was so pumped by 2022. I, I really hope that this next year is gonna be a lot like 2022. How many of you actually enjoyed uh, 2022? Come on. So you would agree with me that there are different people here uh, that experience things differently. But isn't it interesting that in a room full of people who on some level believe in God, believe in the Bible, 
and are involved in a church, because otherwise you wouldn't be here today, we can experience our Christian walk differently. Some of us may look, we're all serving God, we're all believing in God, we're all believing in the Bible, but somehow we all experience life differently. You know, you get those people that are super anointed. Uh, no matter what happens, it's almost like God is continuously just breathing on their lives. And no matter what they face, whether it comes to hard times or good times, they are just, they stay the course. They're just worshiping God. And you're looking at those people say, man, that person is anointed and he must have God in his life. But I think a lot of us as Christians, um, we all, in some way, um, experience life like this, like it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing tragedy from one chaos to the next chaos, one collision to the next collision. And we just end it going like, when is it all gonna end? When is it gonna, when's all of this chaos gonna actually stop turmoiling one drama to the next conflict? And I believe um, that on some level, all of us experience our Christian life differently. But what I'm not understanding is why are there so many polar opposites to why some people experience it amazingly and some other people experience it with such tough resilience that you need to push through. Well, I believe that I wanna present something to you today that may answer that question because I believe it's about the order. Because I think some people get the order right. Order is important in our lives. Anyone agree? Structure and order is important. Any of you married will experience a level of order. Okay, I'm not going to go there into those scriptures, okay? How you pack the dishwasher. Come on. Hey? How many of you, there's order in the home. If you're anything like my wife, we have view group on a Thursday evening. Okay, now purpose is we have view group on a Thursday evening and so afterwards all the cups and all the stuff, you know, view group, we have a party, all that stuff's left over afterwards. But my wife is so orderly that she's going, I'm not going to bed until all the dishes are washed. And I was like, why? Because the lady that helps us clean, we purposely bring her in on Friday. So I'm like, why do you want to wash all the dishes when the lady's coming tomorrow? But Happy wife, happy life, okay? So there's order to weigh things in the house. Think about it. How many of you have ever put the cup or the saucer in the wrong cupboard? Eh? You're like, it doesn't go there. Or put your washing in a different place. It doesn't belong there. It belongs in this basket. I'm only preaching to myself here this morning. <laughs> But order honestly is everything because order is the way that we prioritize our lives and our world and it creates an impact on the way that we receive our experiences, the way we order things. You know, one of the four, four words that are very important to a successful marriage is this. I will do the dishes. <laughs> Those, they will save your marriage a hundred times over. But order is so important. So there's a slide that I wanna bring up with you. I believe that there's order in our Christian walk. And so the first thing is a life that God blesses, a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit is not just about what we offer to God, but the order in which we offer it. It's not just about worshiping God, it's about worshiping God in the right order. And that's what I wanna talk about today. 
God, I'm not only going to offer you my life, but I'm going to offer you it in a way and in an order that brings glory to you, that worships you and brings praise to you. Here's the simple truth. God must be first because God can't come second. Think about that reality. Who was here in the beginning? Addy said it earlier, Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, in, in the be- beginning, there was God, right? God has and always will be. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. There's nothing that comes before God. But the difference is sometimes we don't get our order right. But God's order is always the same. He is always first. And when we put God first, things start to fall into place. If God is first in your life, I believe He provides order to your life. But I'd go on to say that if you're experiencing a level of disorder in your life, maybe you need to ask the question, is God first in your life? Because I believe that when you put Him first, He blesses the rest. Jesus Himself makes a statement, so let's get into some scripture. Uh, Matthew 6 verse 33, uh, 33 is a life verse for me. Uh, when I was in a small Baptist church, uh, this was uh, when I became a deacon, this was the verse that they gave to me and said, this will be your life verse. And so I've written it on my heart, it tattooed it all over my back. No, I'm joking. And not really. But um, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. You know what I love about that scripture is that that scripture ha- has a conditional statement Can you see what it is? It's to seek God first. The conditional statement is to seek God first. So I wanna talk about four firsts. If you apply these four firsts, these four points, these four, four firsts to your life, I believe that you can make Jesus the center of your life. And you know, when Jesus is the center, it's like when you're a bodybuilder, the first thing you work on is your core. Because when your core gets stronger, your body gets stronger. And a lot of us sometimes are trying to work on different muscles in our lives, but we've actually forgotten about the core. And you speak to any athlete, they will tell you that your core is the most important thing to actually work on. And I believe the core of our lives is putting Jesus at the center. It's putting him at the core of everything that we do in our lives. So if you're taking notes with me, the first, first point this morning is to give God the first of your day, is to seek God in the first of your day. In the first part of your day, to build a relationship with God. Now, I'm not asking you to be religious or uh, ritualistic in any way. Some of us wake up, it's to make God first. If If nature calls, go do that first. Okay, but this is a practical step. Now, I know sometimes you may be looking at me going, but this is obvious. Like you're just stating the obvious. Or maybe sometimes wisdom is in stating the obvious. You know what? Sometimes we state the obvious but never practice the obvious. And when we start to practice the obvious, we start to put things in the right priority. So for us, it's to put God first in our day. We are going to apply a principle, and the principle is this. Never meet with anybody else until you've met with God first. Meet with God first. Make Him the priority, non-negotiable in your life. You know, David, if you look at a character in the Bible that lived his life like this, it's so inspiring when you actually read the Psalms and you learn more about David because he lived and breathed this level of relationship with God that I'm sure a lot of us desire. 
But this particular scripture, the title of it is Joy in Fellowship with God. How many of us are experiencing joy in our fellowship with God? Or are we just ticking the box? The read Bible plan, Bible project, get through, just tick the box. Are you experiencing joy in the same way that David did? So let's go to Psalm 63 verse one and it says this. And I'd love you guys to help me out here this morning. So I'm gonna ask you to read the yellow part nice and loud for me. So I'll start it off. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek it. Do you notice the priority of David? Worships God, puts God first. Early will I seek you. And then he goes on to speak about this desire and this desperation for God where he says, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And I love this about David because David is not only a Christian that wants to know more about God. He is so desperate to be in a relationship with God. Do we wake up every morning with that desperation? That desperation that's like a deer that pants for a water in a dry place that says, God, if it isn't you, then I don't want anything else. You first in everything in our lives. And that's what we can learn from David is that I think as Christians, we need to get a desperation for Jesus. Understanding that he is our all and be all in everything that we do. And so, you know, in the four synoptic gospels, there's a, any of you know the Synoptic Gospels? It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you've ever read it, uh, it is on repeat. <laughs> it tells the story from four different perspectives uh, from the disciples and gives you a, a bigger context to Jesus' life. Um, but in those four Synoptic Gospels, we'll see that there is a repeated pattern, a repeated behavior that Jesus does all the time. There's actually many. There's Jesus continuously healed people, miraculously. Jesus always walked into a place and preached hope to a hopeless society. Jesus continued to bring glory to the Father. But if there's one thing that stood out to me, it's that Jesus always made time for the Father. He always made time for his quiet time with the Father. He repeatedly and consistently got away and got alone with the Father, even in the moments when he was so busy and there was a massive demand on him that didn't stop him from pressing stop and going and spending time with the Father. And so we can learn from Jesus' example in this area. And so Mark chapter one, verses 34, it's titled this, Jesus praises in a solitary place. Maybe you guys can read that first part in yellow with me. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Let me tell you something that I believe Jesus probably knew. Is that what you do with the first part of your day will set the tone for the rest of your day. A lot of us are trying to end our day by, by trying to get into a quiet space when everything's come at us. And then our prayers are, God, that person did this, and God, can you change that? And God. Now we're asking, we're praying for God to fix things rather than asking God in the beginning to go before things. David understand that the priority was very important, that he got up, and even Jesus got up early in the morning because you will always have time for the things that you put first. Some of you may say, I don't have the time. Well, decide what you're putting something first. Whatever that is, you're putting it over God. My encouragement to you today is to put God first above those things because you'll always find time for that. 
You know, my wife and myself this year, uh, we're trying to set a different pace to our quiet times. And so we've always done our quiet times individually. How many wives and husbands do their quiet times separately here? Just a quick show of hands. You, you get up in the morning, you go and do your quiet time, you read your Bible verse, and then you pray. So we're trying to do it differently because I, I believe that uh, we want Jesus at the center of our lives, but we also want him at the center of our marriage. And so what we're going to start to do is to do it together. So what we're going to do is wake up in the morning, then go and read whatever Bible plan we're on at that moment. And then we're going to come together and pray for what God wants to activate through our 2023 and I encourage you that what you do together is also as important as what you do alone. And I'll tell you this, why? Why is it so important? Well, here's a, here's a thought. Because consistency leads to growth. Jesus understood this. Consistency leads to growth. If there's anything that's ever gonna grow in your life, it's consistency. Whatever you do repeatedly will continue to grow. But the question is, what are you doing repeatedly? And if you repeatedly put God first, it'll start to grow in your life. And so the first part of our day, we're gonna seek God and we're gonna put Him first. And the second point is the first part of our week. What are we gonna do with the first part of our week? We're gonna worship. Not only are we gonna worship individually, worship God, but we're gonna come together in a corporate setting, in a community, in unity, because in Psalms 127, David says that where there is, uh, uh, where, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And so as we as a church come together in our weekly worship, we start to put God first in our week because we realize if God is first in our week, He blesses the rest of our week. And so we're going to come together and worship God together collectively in community, in unity. Acts 20 verse 7 says this, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept talking until midnight. That's a great idea. I think I'll keep doing that. Huh? Nobody got that. <laughs> One person got it. Amen. Bless you, brother. Um, the early church, the first thing that they did is they met with God daily, but they also in their week met with God in corporate union. Do you know that 48, the stats were done with the Bonner group, that 48% of people in church, church goers, only attend church once a month. That's a new stat. Once a month, 48% of Christians attend church once a month. Now, I know that's not in this church, yeah. There's a passion that's lost for this community and this unity in a church that we need revigor, we need to restore up. You know what, in the early church, there was such a passion for it. When we look at the genesis of the first church, okay, when we see that there was a different level of devotion in those churches, it actually says this in Acts 2 verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles and to the teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. And it actually goes on so that God added to their numbers daily you know that there was a passion in the early church. You couldn't stop them. It was like a blazing fire that couldn't be put out. Do you know the first 300 years of Christianity, the church grew the fastest into millions. Then Constantine legalizes Christianity and it starts to plateau. 
We've gotten, are we comfortable Christians or are we passionate Christians? Do we have Jesus burning at the center of our very lives? And do we see a passion for other people? Do we see a passion in prioritizing God? Because I'll tell you this. Yes, yeah, the same point. I'll repeat it again. Because consistency <laughs> leads to growth. If you wanted to grow in your spiritual life, then do what you need to do consistently. And that's put God first in your day. It's put God first in your week. You know, gathering together is not just a suggestion. It's a priority. The Bible teaches us this, and I'll tell you why. Because in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. A church, when we meet together in a week, we can encourage each other. Not one of us is stronger than all of us together. At the power of the Holy Spirit that is on work on us, in us, and through us, God can do immeasurably more than we can ever ask, imagine, or think at the power of His name. But we need to realize that we've got to put God first in our day, and we've got to put God first in our week. Third point, let's put God first in our month when we worship him with the tithe. Leviticus 27, 30 says this, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruits from the trees belongs to the Lord. Now hear this part, it is holy to the Lord. A tithe is a tenth, it's a Hebrew word. Tithe means a tenth. And not only does it mean a tenth, it means the first tenth. The first tenth of what we have because we realize it belongs to God. It is holy. God owns everything. He absolutely owns everything. But God literally requires something. He requires a tenth. You ask, why does God ask us for that? Because I believe if you can't give it, maybe you're putting money in priority of God. God wants your heart. And I don't think it has anything to do about finance. I think it's got a lot to do with the heart. Because if you put God first in everything, he blesses everything. But sometimes we want God to be the blessing on our lives, but we're not prepared to put him first in every area of our lives. God, God cannot come second. He must come first. And whatever we put first, God blesses. Not only does the tithe belong to God, but he goes on to say that it's holy. You know, for me and my family, one of the most exciting times, even in my Christian walk, I wasn't always a Christian, just to let everybody know that I lived a, a really bad life. So most of you might look and think, oh, this guy might know. No, I know the, the dark end of life without Jesus. But one thing I know is that through tithing, it was a massive almost like the straw that broke the camel's back on my, my Christian walk because it was the submission of God is in control. And I can't tell you, the minute we tithe, it's almost like God con miraculously continues to bless us. I don't tithe to be blessed. I tithe to put God first. And what's so encouraging is that even in our family at the moment, I'm starting to see it in my kids' lives, is I, I paid my kids to pass. How many of you pay your kids to pass? It's like a pastor thing. We bribe them. <laughs> you, you know why? Because no, no, nothing encourages anybody like money. <laughs> so we're like, you get this mark, you get 200 bucks. You get the 300 bucks. And so we worked it out. But what's so is that what they achieved, the first thing they did is they gave their tithe to God. 
And it was encouraging for us to see. You know why? Because we don't just talk about tithe. We practice it because we realize in practicing what God wants in our lives starts to propel the purposes of God through our lives. And if you as parents want to see your kids blessed and flourish, then you should be practicing these areas of putting Jesus at the center of your life. So first we're going to seek him in the day. Then we're going to worship him once a week. And then we're going to put him first monthly in our tithes. And the last one, the worship team can come up. The last one is this. First of the year, we fast. The first of the year, we fast. Fasting is denying nutritional value or a physical sacrifice for the purposes of stepping into God's presence. That's what it is. People fast for different reasons. Some people fast because they need healing. I mean, I remember fasting for friends of mine who, who would, the doctor said, impossible, you'll never have a baby. And they would cry and it would be such a sore point. I said, you know what, we're gonna fast for a month and we're gonna pray. Guess what happened? They now have three kids. In Jesus' name. And, and that's what I'm trying to tell you is that fasting, you could be fasting for something. You could be fasting because you're trusting God for a big decision you need to make. Look at the book of Nehemiah. He fasted and prayed first before they went to build the walls. And putting God first is fasting and praying. You see, we offer God our fast so that we can see his clarity in our lives. But the clarity is not to get God onto our agenda it's for us to get back onto God's agenda. See, through all out the scriptures, you see Moses fasted, Elijah fasted, Jesus fasted for 40 days. And there's a tip that Jesus actually gives us in Matthew, I think it's Matthew chapter six, verse 17 to 18. He gives us a tip about fasting because he calls out manly kind of like interpretation of fasting to spiritual. And he says this, but when you fast, put oil of a lay on your head and wash your face. It doesn't say of that, okay. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I encourage you, if you're gonna go on a fast with us, please don't post on Facebook about your eating plan and how you're fasting and how you're suffering today. And please, that doesn't bless anything. Fasting is a quiet moment with you and God. Fasting is about cutting away from the fleshly things to step into the spiritual things. Do you know a lot of us are so driven by our flesh? See, the Bible tells us we're made up of three parts, a body, a soul, and a spirit. And a lot of us let our body lead us. I'm hungry, let me eat now. I want that, let me have that. It causes jealousy, it can even squander, it can look for, for more money, it causes greed. The chase of the body is this, this never ending phase to feed the beast. But then you get your soul. If you let your soul lead, you'll probably be emotionally in turmoil all the time. You're struggling with depression because you're, you're over emotional about everything. But the body says we should feed the spirit. You see, because if you feed your body, it will never help your soul and it will never help your spirit. If you feed just your soul, it will never help your body and it will never help your spirit. But if you feed the spirit, 
it will help your body and it will help your soul. I don't know if you need a breakthrough in mental, just trusting God through depressional stuff, through, through dark moments, asking God, please, can you come through? Let me tell you, it starts with the Spirit. It's about cutting away of the things that the world says is important and stepping into the moments of what God has in store for your life. And I believe the power of the Holy Spirit at work on you, in you and through you will propel you for the purposes of what God has in store for you and what He intended for you. It's something we offer to God with joy. Fasting is not a diet. If you are trying to work out an eating plan for your, it's not a diet. I see a diet is to abscond from something to look like something. That again is flesh. A fast is to abscond from something, to step into that time that you would have used to press into the presence of God. It's to pray to God and trust God. It's to overcome the desires of the flesh and allows you to walk closer with the Holy Spirit. Both your flesh and your spirit are hungry. That scripture tells, this scripture tells us here in Galatians chapter five, verse 16, it says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Both your spirit is hungry and both your flesh is hungry. But here's an old saying, whichever one you feed will grow. You decide which one you wanna feed and that's the one that will grow. Why do we fast? To deny the flesh and the cravings of the world so that we can get into the presence of the Holy Spirit. What does He want? Intimacy and worship for God. And that's why we fast. Whatever you feed grows, whatever grows becomes dominant in your life. And so if you feed your flesh, don't be surprised when you wake up one day sad and full of fleshly things. But if you feed your spirit, you're probably gonna wake up one day in such an intimacy with God and in such a relationship with Him and in a place where He is first in everything and no matter what you're facing, you know that He is for you and He goes with you, that His promises for you are yes and amen, that nothing formed against you will prosper, that His promises are gonna go before you. You know the thing about God's promise is it's not an obligation on you to fulfill them. It's an obligation on Him and He's faithful to finish what He said he would. I don't know about you, but maybe that's the space we need to start 2023 in, is in a space where God is prevalent in our day, prevalent in our week, prevalent in our month, and prevalent in our year. I believe that will not only bless your walk in the church, and not only bless your 2023, I believe it will change your life in Jesus' name. And in closing, I've got this last point. We don't put God first. He's already first. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning from the end. You cannot put God in first place because He's already first place in your life. Maybe you just got to come to the realisation who actually is first. And that's the priority that we all need to get to is that we got to get to a space where God is first in everything of our lives. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads quickly for a moment. I just want to quickly pray. If you're sitting here this morning and you just want to, 2023 is on your mind and maybe it's looking a bit sketchy or vague and you haven't quite got that that courtly plan that Addie's saying and you just need some prayer now for clarity, 
Um, I'm going to ask you just to pop your hand up, not to do anything else. Just pop your hand up, put it down, and I'd love to pray for you. So if that is you, you can just pop your hand up right now. I'd love to just pray a blessing over you for 2023. Thank you, thank you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all these hands that are being raised, Lord. They're not an acknowledgement before man. They're an acknowledgement before you. And this is the sign of a raised hand, is a sign of surrender, recognizing that you are in control. There's a big sign above us that just says, change of management. You are our King. And so God, we just wanna acknowledge before you that we can't do this without you. And we ask you, Lord, will you bring hedge of protection and a blessing on our lives? As we step into 2023, will you bless each and every person here, Father God, with a vision, with a heart, with a passion, with a desire, with a desperation to put you first in everything in our lives. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I wanna quickly, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you want to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I wanna give you that opportunity to choose Him. It's probably the best decision you'll ever make. But also, if you are one of those Christians that maybe just faded, like your candle, it's like coals in a fire. If it's left too long, it starts to flicker and it starts to fade, starts to smolder and smoke and become unpleasant. Maybe that's the level of your life, that once you were a burning flame and now you're like smoldering and smoking. I just wanna pray for you right now and I'm gonna ask you, why don't you just choose Jesus again? Why don't you just come back to Him and let Him be the the Alpha and the Omega of your life? So if that is you on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. For one, God so loved the world. Two, He gave His one and only Son. Three, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. You can raise your hand. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Church, you can pray with me. Heavenly Father, We thank You that You love us and that You're always for us. I recognize that I'm a sinner and I fall short of Your glory every day. But I ask You, by the power of Your Holy Spirit and the power of Your Son's name to come into my life, to transform me from the inside out that I may worship you for the rest of my days. And all God's people said, amen. Can we just give a celebration for anybody that raised their hand? Come on, we wanna. You know, Revelations tells us for one that comes home, not only do we celebrate with a clapping hands, but that there's billions of angels that are singing out in chorus for one that comes home, one that comes to Jesus. And so we just, we celebrate together with you, but I wanna encourage you, don't leave it as a decision, take a step. And so if you'd love to, we've got a a team, a salvation team, I'd love to pray with you and help you uh, just talk through your next step, through those doors over there. Uh, you could just go through to those doors after the service. And I encourage you to tell somebody. Lastly, not to forget, we've got our fast coming up this week. Uh, if you want more information, you can get it from our Next Steps Lounge. Uh, on the count of three, can we give Jesus one massive praise as we exit? One, two, three. Jesus! Jesus!